Welcome to NCBA's Cattleman's Call podcast with host Lane Nordland. Hey, all right. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on the Cattleman's Call podcast. Lane Nordland, happy to have you with us here once again. And I tell you what, it is very, very smoky here in Bozeman, Montana, where I am recording this podcast here today in the middle of September 2020. The wildfires are just horrible across the West here in the summer and fall of 2020. But uh, I don't know if, it, if it's that smoky down in Deepwater, Missouri. That's where our guest is calling in from today. Jared Wareham joins us. He is our next Cattleman's Call guest. Jared, how are things your way today as uh, we make our way through another day in agriculture? Well, Lane, it's pretty good here. Uh, clear skies, no smoke. Uh, but I do know what you're talking about. I was actually out there just a few short weeks ago, uh, Red Lodge area, and and, uh, when the smoke was really starting to kind of get rolling and the fires weren't quite as bad as they are now or not as many of them going. But uh, I've got plenty of friends like you do out in that part of the country and see see plenty of uh, Snapchats and information shared every day. Um, And, uh, boy, I tell you what, they've got quite a deal on their hands from Washington, Oregon, all the way down through California. It's it's, – you know, those guys are dealing with quite a bit. Yeah, so it's a very difficult time. And like I always say, uh, our, our wildfire season uh, won't be done until there's about a foot of snow on the ground here in Montana for at least a week straight because uh, that's about what it takes to, to knock down uh, that those fires. So all of our friends tuning in here today that are being impacted by those fires, our, our thoughts are with you. And just a reminder that uh, NCBA has a great resource on ncba.org. It, it has all the links to information that you will need to uh, uh, find resources to help rebuild fence, uh, programs to help uh, just Get, get get your get your feet under yourself. So check out ncba.org if if uh, the wildfire season is still impacting you. Again, this show being recorded in September 2020. But Jared, getting back to you. Hey, uh, it's it's great to talk to you. I, I'm pretty sure we probably talked at the last cattle industry convention down in uh, San Antonio. How you been? I've been great. Great yourself. Well, you know, just, uh, I, I, I probably shouldn't say this on the Cattleman's Call, but I was at a sheep sale at the Montana State Ram sale, and you sale this week, and stopped by and, and did 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 go to a cattle sale. That, that's that been about my week, and just covering all the coronavirus food assistance program stuff. So that that's about my week. <laughs> yeah, well, just living the dream here, brother. Just uh, a little bit of time off here uh, in between positions. Uh getting ready to start uh, a new role there with genus abs here monday next week and spent the last few weeks kind of getting caught up on some some personal cow stuff and spending a lot of time with my kids the girls are getting older and, and really getting into horses and um you know i use that to my advantage and and have uh, have that as my way to their their gateway into to being involved in the cattle side of it so uh, that's uh that's been a life uh around here for the last couple of weeks well that's good and and jared uh, for, for yourself uh, what uh what what drives you to stay in the livestock business man i just i just dig it i i always have um you know i'm a first generation guy um didn't grow up in the industry per se uh, I'd had to go back to, to great grandparents and great uncles to get my connection to agriculture. And anytime we would come back to, uh, where, you know, our roots were, uh, when I was a kid, 
uh, all I wanted to do was go ride around with uh, great uncles and check cattle and do cow stuff and mess with horses. And it's just, it's, it's just in the blood, my man. Um, I, I just enjoy it. Uh, I, I, I can't describe it. Those of you that uh, love this industry and kind of get up and, and uh, put your boots on every day and, and, uh, and fasten your belts. You just, you just look forward to it. And no matter how rough some of the patches are, you go through, whether it's fires or droughts or long, hard, muddy winters, et cetera, every day you, 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 at some point during those times, you think, man, this, man, this, this is not that much fun anymore. And then the next morning you wake up and you can't get ready to get going. So it's, I think it's just in the blood. I just love it. Um, that's, it, that's all, that's a, the only way I can describe it. I, I've uh, often said before, it's kind of like a pair of old socks, you know, and or, or a comfortable t-shirt. It just feels right. It just feels right. So. Well, Jared, you know, you mentioned being a first-generation uh, rancher, being involved in in, in production, uh, lives in livestock production. Excuse me, and and you also mentioned that you also have a day job as well, like so many of us in the industry have. But uh, in, in just uh, I don't I don't know how many. I would think I'd be like six here in Montana, and, and you wouldn't even know it just based on <laughs> what what we have nowadays and and what we have to put together. And and I sometimes I I think that that number of fourth, fifth, second, it, sometimes I think it just fogs over somebody's maybe work ethic. And I don't care what generation someone is when it comes to production agriculture. If they're willing to, to step up, work 12 hours a day on their normal job, and then go home and move cows, whatever they need to do, travel the U.S. just to pay that cow note, I, I just take my hat off to anyone that's going to do that. And, you know, I'm, I, I know we have listeners out there uh, that they're trying to get a start, get some land bought, get some land lease, get get a cow note and, and work with the lender. Uh, as a first-generation producer yourself, what are some of those number one challenges that you have had to face, that you have had to find mentors for, that you have had to stay up all night long trying to pencil it out? What what are some of those key things that just stick out in your memory? Well, there, there's a bunch. That's a great question. Uh, it really is. Um I am fortunate because most of my professional career, I've also been lucky enough to work in the same industry that I love. So having some cattle on the side, we don't have a huge cow herd. We just have about a hundred fall um, cabin cows. We'd love to have more, but that's just uh, where it's at right now. But I'm lucky to be able to also have my, my day-to-day interactions professionally also in the same industry and lots of other people don't have that option and i respect that uh, they still want to be involved and it's difficult uh, to it's not only from a financial standpoint getting that that you know available operating capital and the and the you know security to operate and to borrow funds and to get going but having somebody there to mentor you, as you mentioned, it, it, it's, it's pretty valuable in a lot of different areas, especially uh, if you plan to grow to any size and scale, because you're going to add not only uh, components to your operating system, but most likely other people. So therefore you got to manage employees, uh, all those different aspects. And so, yeah, the mentorship side of it is, is a tough one. I've had some good ones. Um, I've been very fortunate <clears throat> and I will tell you whether, whether you, 
whatever a relationship is, good or bad, you learn something both ways. Sometimes, you know, in, in, in situations that don't work out the way you wish they would, you learn actually more valuable information than you did in positive ones. But uh, I would definitely recommend finding those individuals, the key influencers, the people that you can become connected to that, that can serve as a mentor. Um, and then build your network. Boy, that, 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 that is the one thing I cannot underestimate enough. Whenever I'm even at my age and where I am, I mean, the value of that it's, it's, it is huge. Don't ever, 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 ever underestimate it. And, Anytime you have a chance to to go to an industry event, no matter how big or how small, and meet new people, you just never know where those relationships may end up. Um, 14 years ago was the first time I ever shook Tom Brink's hand. Um, and here I'm obviously moving on to a new role with a new company, but I've spent the last, uh, you know, all, not quite two and a half years, but two, you know, over two years running his company, Top Dollar Angus. And it was a, a real honor to have him call me and ask me to do that two and a half years ago. Um, that never would have happened if that first handshake wouldn't have taken place at a Beef Improvement Federation conference. And he didn't know me from Adam. But over the course of a decade plus, little by little, we began to continue to cross paths. And next thing you know, um, we're having off and on conversations as he's putting the whole top dollar thing together. And, and he's a little bit of a mentor for me. And we're, you know, and, and then next thing you know, I'm general manager of the company and we're here we are today. So um, and that's just one instance that I could point out in my life that I think uh hopefully other people could recognize and say hey that is something that 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 is just i it's got to be it's got to be a key priority if i'm a non gener even if you're even if you're a fourth generation person because we know how hard it is to uh, whether you're you're male female to try to come back mm -hmm. and to have a ranch continue to support yep. every new generation so regardless if you're first or fourth or fifth being able to to build a network of relationships where you can learn from other people, uh, not only have mentors, but have peers. Uh, I, I know we're going to eventually get into this, but I might just jump into it and crack the lid on it right now. But the the King Ranch Ag, Ag, Ag X program, that's one of the biggest benefits of it. I mean, we learned a lot. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there were things in every symposium or every seminar session that we were able to pull valuable stuff out of. But the most valuable thing I pulled out <clears throat> was the addition to my peer group. I mean, we talk literally every day, every day. We've got a Snapchat group and it never goes silent 365 days of the year. Um, and sometimes it's just cutting up and having jokes. Other times it's serious stuff to production questions to, Hey, what do you think about this trade deal in China? Or I mean, it, 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 all topics are on the table and nothing's off the table. So that is, that to me is one of the best parts of my job are the people I meet, the friends I make, the resources, as far as the network that I've been able to put together. And so those of you that are younger listening to this, put all the effort you can into 
being better at networking. I know it's tough. Um, not always the easiest thing to do. Um, I have to make myself do it. Uh, I've taken all my, all about, about a million different personality index inventories and <laughs> every one of them say the same thing is that I'm, I'm uh, very analytical, very type a and not super sociable, even though I am, it's, it's kind of a, it's a second thing. It's a second nature. When I'm in a group, I can be very sociable, but when I go out in the settings like that, I kind of have to make myself. Same here. Um, Same yeah, here. It's really weird. And most people think naturally because, you know, I write for drovers and they see me on, uh, you know, RFD every now and then stuff like that. They, well, you're, you're really sociable as I'm not, you know, I could, I could be just as comfortable sitting in a room, not talking to anybody as if, talking to everybody <clears throat> as I can. So, um, you have to be, you have to be bold enough to train yourself to do it. And I think that's, you know, so don't use that as an excuse. Um, it, it uh, it's not something that can hold you back if you it only will, if you let it. So train yourself, how to be sociable, how to be approachable, <clears throat> build those relationships and, and, and kind of get out there and be tenacious. I think that's, uh, um, you know, yeah, that's the kind of mindset I think you have to have because nothing in general, nothing's giving to given to you and you can accomplish an awful lot. And there's a, there's a lot of, a lot of opportunity. I truly believe that if you're willing to, to, to work hard and continue to develop self. And I think that's the other big thing with the, the, you know, YCCs and the AGX programs are, mm -hmm. it allows you to continue to, to build and, you know, add, add tools to your tool belt. Um, and, and kind of continue to chip away at the, the foundation of, of molding yourself into something better. And, uh, I, I'm excited about what I'm going into doing, because of one, the work, I, it's right into an area that's in my wheelhouse. But also, you know, one of the things I talked about is going into uh, the um, process of interviewing and, and, and discussing that position was, hey, I, I want to be able to be someplace where I can do a lot of professional development because I'm not done growing as a person. And when I was 25, I didn't think about that stuff. Now I'm 41 and I understand the value of it. And so now it's pretty important to me. I want to be someplace where you're going to invest in me just as much as, <clears throat> as, uh, uh, you know, as a person and as a leader, hopefully making me better because that's one of the big things that, that is now important to me more than maybe what used to be 15, 16 years ago. So, um, and I, and I think, the YCCs and the AGXs help you maybe recognize that little by little. Uh, it, it uncovers the layers and says, Hey, <clears throat> these are things you need to think about and here's why. And then gets you in a position to network and be exposed uh, to other professionals in the industry. And then you can learn from it. I, <clears throat> man, I, I just, I've got to, uh, a, a lot of great relationships with my YCC classmates. And I've got another one who went through the AGX program, the, the cohort group ahead of me. And we've been talking quite a bit, a lot, uh, a lot lately about uh, some life decisions he's dealing with because I just went through some of the same things and making a career move that he's considering to do the same thing. And um, I told him right off the bat, I had to thank him because he 
is I think we're maybe a year apart in age, close enough. But he has been a great resource for me just so I could, you know, obviously knowing him and becoming a friend, but just watch how he interacts with other people. He has had a good influence or a big influence on me and how I approach doing some of those more social stuff because I'm not naturally comfortable with it or, or good at it, or maybe I come off a, a different way than I think I do. And so I watch a guy like Cody and I'm like, all right, here's somebody who's really good at it. I'm going to be a fly on the wall and watch how he interacts with people. So, <clears throat> you know, that's just another example of, of how important it is to, to, to take full advantage of these programs that are available to you, you know, make those friendships, make the relationships and watch others and learn from them. So. Yep. And just for our listeners out there, I know sometimes we, we get into our acronyms. Uh, for, for those not familiar, YCC is Young Cattlemen's Conference. I'm an alumni of, of that event, as is Jared. It's a 10-day trip with anywhere from 50 to, to 80 uh, cattle producers and industry folks that uh, really get to see every aspect of the uh, of, of cattle and beef production. It's truly amazing, and, and usually uh, the state uh, association sponsor one or two folks to uh, jump on that trip uh, it, it's amazing actually it's it's one of the first shows that we produced on, uh, for the podcast so you can go back uh, to the beginning I think it's uh, I, I can't think of the title off the top of my head it's like 60 producers, uh, three cities, uh, 10 days. It, it'll really open up uh, your, your mind to the uh, uh, opportunities to learn and uh, as, as a cattle producer and also as a leader. So check out that podcast about YCC. Uh, and I do want to talk about uh, the, the AGX, uh, if I'm saying that right, with the King Ranch Institute here in just a little bit. But, I, uh, Jared, I want to uh, just backtrack just a little bit. Uh, you know, uh, we were talking about uh, just, just that the work ethic and, and if you want to be successful, you have to put that, that the blood, sweat, and tears into it, no matter what generation you are as a producer, first, fifth, sixth, whatever that may be. But as a, as a first-generation producer, obviously it's a little different than, say, say myself with my dad or father-in-law, where you might get criticized or, or get that, that look. And, and so many of our listeners know that look is like, what the heck are you talking about? No, that's not going to work. Or, oh, that, that's going to take too much time or effort. Uh, you don't necessarily, you're not shackled to what your, your parents or your partners might think in that, uh, what, what ideas might be. How do you feel more free to just try new things and to make uh, your operation better? Well, again, another good question. Um, I think, I think there's two sides of that, man. <laughs> I'll tell you, there, it's good and bad. I'm free to make my own decisions, but I'm free to fail as many times as I want to. Um, so again, and I know um, that it can be a challenge to be the the generation in waiting or a generation or two uh, uh, in waiting and want to spread your wings and wrap your arms around something and make it your own uh, and have the challenge that you can't do that. Um, uh, I, I can see how that would be. Um, a, t- a tough situation to be in. I've got plenty of friends that are in it um, and are going through it. Uh, but sometimes maybe taking a step back and, and realizing that you actually have um, quite a bit of, of knowledge sitting right there in front of you that you can put together with your new skill set or new knowledge that maybe you've developed in 
maybe you went to, to TCU ranching, you know, or, or you know, ranch management school or went through the King Ranch uh, Institute or you went uh, to another um, institution, whatever training you've received that might be, let's say, more modern or updated, there's always there's always learning on the, the job training that that they're going to probably have uh, those those generations before you that are they're going to have it above you. Because you can't be 20, 25, and 30 years old and have seen it all. Because a lot of those guys are 50, 60, and 70, and they still haven't seen it all, but they've still seen a heck of a lot more than you. So it is a double-edged sword. I, I would say that I am free to – I have been free to, um, I think, be more progressive initially. But it also, like I said, freed me up to make a lot more mistakes on my own and, and fail a lot more up front. So I experienced that on the job training, sometimes painfully and sometimes very positively. So um, could I have avoided some of those mistakes? Had I had somebody there um, that have walked that path before they could say, Hey, that's, that's a mistake. And this is why I think some of it's just communication and, and obviously family communications are tough. Uh, sometimes you don't want to tell somebody, why they're making a mistake um, for whatever reason or ask for help for whatever reason. So I, I think, I think the biggest thing that those multi-generational operations could invest in, if they really wanted some advice, which I'm not one to probably give it, but would be um, communications training, you know, I, how to effectively communicate within a, within a family unit, um, and that's that's a challenge, getting them to admit that they need to have that kind of training and to get them to do it and then having them absorb and, and learn enough so that they can be effective. And, and maybe that younger person would then have that opportunity um, to step up and take control of certain parts of the ranch in, uh, let's say, these three or four areas become their prime sole responsibility and they are kind of the lead. They may still have a little bit of a, a group to bounce stuff off of, but they're going to take the lead here where these, these, maybe the previous generations are still in control in these areas. And, and that's, that's a great question stuff. Um, but I, as far as myself personally, it has, it's, it's opened up doors where I can, um, I think try to find ways to operate, uh, more efficiently, especially economically, because I hadn't had a choice. You know, when you don't have access to, the capital equipment and some of those resources that uh, maybe would already have been there, you have to learn how to operate without it. And so it makes you, um, I think, uh, sharpen your skill set in a little different area. Doesn't mean my tool belt's any more full or any better than anybody else's. I think guys or gals like myself, they just have a little different set of tools and maybe a different set that are sharper than others. And there might be a few lacking that might've been there had we have already uh, been in an established system. And maybe some of those that would have been there in an established system, uh, maybe some of the tools they would have, we have and have more of. And they, uh, so I, I think that's, that's how I conceptualize it and balance it. Um, I think it's just uh, resulted in the development of a different side of, you know, skill set. And it has allowed me to, to perhaps, uh, you know, 
try a few more things, but as nice as that sound, it's also, like I said, I think it's very important to point out. It's also allowed me to fail more, which, Mm -hmm. you know, isn't always as fun. You learn a lot, but it can be costly. So, so, you know, I, you go down to the the stockyards at the cafe. Well, not during COVID that's been pretty limited, but a lot of people, you'll hear a lot of negativity in agriculture, and some people say you can't make it, and you can't get a start in agriculture on your own. Uh, that I, even though there's programs out there, I've just heard a lot of producers say that. Uh, well, you're a first generation rancher. Um, what are some of the the tools that you use? I I, I do see in your bio that you uh, sit on a farm credit board as well. So you understand the finance end of it, but how, how did you get where you're at when it comes to penciling things out, going to the USDA service center? What, what would you share with a young producer that is being told you, you can't, you can't make it work on your own? Um, uh, boy, I would say, um, I would say it's very hard to do. You have to, I think you have to commit to that lifestyle, which most of us enjoy agriculture realize that it's, it's, it's a way of life and hopefully a way to build equitable value. Some of that in the, in monetary money form and, and to make a profit, but it's also a lifestyle. Um, and nobody wants to do anything for free. And so we're not, uh, not advocating that by any means, uh, but uh, I, I think you, you first have to really enjoy the lifestyle. you, you got to say, hey, man, I, I love what I'm doing. Uh, I love cattle. I love ranching. I love being in production ag at some degree uh, or some segment along the chain, whether you're, you're a young guy that wants to buy a sale barn or be involved in a sale barn or, um, you know, feed yard. You're, you're, I mean, I, I've got a, one of my best friends is, is a first-generation cattle feeder in the state of Washington. Uh, he's the largest grow yard in the state of Washington. First generation guy, you know. So you have to, you have to love it. You have to want to do it. You have to know how noble it is to to be involved in agricultural production because you're feeding people. And I'm totally stealing that from him, by the way, because um, that's the other thing I learned from from uh, a, a a peer of mine is is a new appreciation, a way to look at uh, at what we do, but. Uh, yeah, you, you have to, you have to be good at, at, at money management. You have to, uh, want to learn those things. Um, if you can't, uh, necessarily master that yourself, then I think you look at, uh, you know, a book I read that, uh, you know, I, I do my best to read as much as I can. I, I sometimes get into ruts where I get so busy I can't, but I would highly recommend, um, uh, anybody listening to this, there are plenty of books out there that can help you stair-step yourself as far as personal development um, uh, on the business side, the ranching side, et cetera, leadership side, people management side, et cetera. So, so definitely take, take some time to look into that. But, uh, uh, you know, I think it's Think and Grow Rich is the book that, uh, that this was in. And I believe it was, Anth- uh, was it Carnegie? that said you don't have to be a master at everything you just have to you just have to master the art of understanding what you're good at and what others are good at and if you need help with something find somebody that you can work with that can help you be extremely good at that 
So I guess that that's the point I'm trying to make. If, if you're trying to be a first generation person and you need help in certain areas because you don't have the skill set or maybe it's a time and labor issue, uh, there are ways to get around it. Research it, read books, uh, know what programs are out there that are available to, to utilize, to um, whether it's grant money to get uh, maybe some grazing uh, uh, practices implemented where you can do more with less. And I think that's, uh, I think that's the, the best thing I can tell you. I mean, use your mentors, research what's available to you, use your peers. Um, if you're not good at something, find somebody who is, and it might be the best thing you ever did hiring that second person. If you can afford to do that or um, like contract labor, um, whether that's somebody that's going to custom do your books for you, get you set up in QuickBooks, do those things. Uh, sometimes that is worth every penny and then some. So I think that's uh, I think that's something that's definitely worth consideration. Many have heard about the ranch management uh, uh, degree, the master's degree that the King Ranch Institute has for uh, folks to take part in. And obviously you move down to Texas, you learn how to be a better manager, uh, every aspect of running a ranch. Uh, but but the leadership aspect, uh, c- could you share more about what this is? I, I know that uh, YCC alumni uh, have been uh, asked to be a part of, of these leadership programs. Um, how has that helped you but uh, become better uh, as a producer, a- as a business person? But uh, let's talk about what the leadership program is and uh, how it breaks down over two years. Yeah, you bet. Uh, so we actually the cohort from YCC joins the cohort class, the master's class that's attending King Ranch Institute for Ranch Management. And you guys kind of meld into one ball and go through it as a group, the leadership side of it. So that's been, that's been awesome. Uh, All the guys I went through in my class that were in the King Ranch uh, Institute for Ranch Management at the time, uh, still close with, that's what I was doing in Red Lodge, actually. One of them is uh, managing uh, part of the Sunlight Ranch's uh, uh, operations there and uh, stopped by to see him and spend some time. So you go through it together. A lot of that information you're going to get. Um, and it's actually, I believe, been shortened to uh, one year, and they've condensed it and kind of made it uh, uh, a shorter timetable to help people's schedules, I think, uh, be more more suitable for that. But the you're going to get training on how to manage people, how to manage yourself, how to assess um, employee skill sets and how to adapt to, let's say you have four or five different people you have to manage. Not all of them are going to necessarily need the same level of, of leader uh, relationship there. So you have to balance that, understand how to do that, how to hire people, how to, um, how to operate systems, how to think uh, in, in a systems manner. And so you'll go through a lot of the this, this systems thinking workshops and causal loops, diagrams and virtuous cycle, you know, vicious and virtue. I mean, we, we were uh, uh, you know, quite enthused with uh, with that whole side of it because it was, uh, you know, something that I think some of us had some minor experience with prior to, but it was all fairly new to us. And so we we we've uh, we had a pretty entertaining time. Uh, going through some of that, but uh, a lot of it's the leadership development. Um, as far as some of the technical ranch management side of it, I think 
that would have been specifically more things that the those King Ranch guys would have gotten or gals gotten prior to the leadership side of it that we came together for. But uh, I can tell you the, the the experience we had was great, um, and, and it did it 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 really drilled down into it was not surface deep it was it was much deeper than that um into understanding people understanding yourself how to manage people how to put yourself in position to to put others into the right position to make them successful so the ranch or the business that you are going to be running can be successful because that's a that's a lot of it. Don't, you know, like this things like don't have this person out of position doing something that's beyond them or not within their wheelhouse or skill set and then wonder why they're unsuccessful. How do you put people in places to be successful so that the whole system is successful? And so it was very much uh, um, kind of business management 101, leadership 101, um, some deep into the weeds stuff, as well as some 30,000 foot view stuff. Um, really enjoyed it. And like I said, we literally talk every day and I, I think several of them are, you're from your YCC class. And we, I mean, we, we talk literally every day. They're, they're mm-hmm. Snapchatting me as, as I'm podcasting with you right now. <laughs> um, so it's, it's, it, you make uh, those relationships that just, uh, uh, will be there for the rest of your life. You, you know, you, you mentioned earlier about just kind of having to force yourself and learn how to attend events and sometimes get out of the hotel room <laughs> when you're at some of these conventions. And uh, for me, yeah, yes, I, I talk and broadcast for a living, but I consider myself, I describe myself as an outgoing introvert because some days you just need to be away from people. <laughs> or, oh, yeah. You got to take your 10 minutes away when we're at all these meetings and everything. But, you know, coming back to that point about, showing up to these events, learning from these events, networking. You know, COVID, a lot of people say that COVID is going to change how all these uh, meetings and how people, uh, you know, uh, meet and whatnot. I really don't, th- I, I hope that doesn't happen because the relationships that you can build and, and when you shake somebody's hand, you know so much about that person by shaking their hand and looking them in the eye when they look you back in the eye. And, I just, you know, I, I mean, I'm usually working all day long, specifically at the cattle industry convention, doing, uh, doing this podcast, doing Facebook lives on the, on the, uh, trade show floor and, and doing production for, uh, uh, cattlemen to cattlemen TV, but just being able to, to see you every single year, just all these different people that you meet to make yourself better. What, what other words of encouragement do you have to, to encourage a young producer, an experienced producer, to take time to, to go to that state cattlemen's or stock growers meeting, to, to go to the cattle industry convention, see the trade show, attend the cattlemen's colleges? Uh, what would you do to, to get that hot shot and poke them a little bit to try and attend those events? I would tell them that it's good training. It's is um, ideal scenario to put yourself into to kind of sharpen your skills in that area. But also a lot of the, a lot of the really valuable interactions happen at times that you just, you can't predict whether it's in the trade show, walking through handshaking and, and, and hugging. And, and I'm a, I'm man, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hugger. I mean, I, 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 <laughs> 
I, you know, if I, if I see one of my friends, I will beeline it across that deal and, and we're going to, we're going to hug. And, and, but it's, it's, it's more than that. It's it, whether that's a conversation you weren't looking for that happens in the trade show in booth number 976 and you're just bumped into somebody and you never know what happened. It, it was coming or, you go out to dinner with a group of friends and you meet somebody for the new for the first time and you're having a, a, a couple uh, maybe a couple beers and, and just and just talking about the industry and it clicks and then five years later you two are doing business together. You I mean you just never know when it's gonna happen. So you have to put yourself in position to um to be there. It's it's I mean it's not gonna find you at home. I mean it, you got you're gonna have to get out i mean i love being here at home right now i'm sitting on the porch i'm drinking coffee and i'm talking to you lane and i'm enjoying the i'm happy as a, a pig and you know what but i also you have to get out the ranch and you have to get out of your comfort zone sometimes and feel and realize that maybe maybe that also can become a comfort zone for you as well because once you build friends and relationships you enjoy it i, I love going to convention now because that's that's the one or two times a year when I go to those events that I get to see a lot of people that, that that's the only time I get to see them. Mm-hmm. And, and, and otherwise it's phone calls, text messages and, and emails and stuff like that. And that, like you said, the shaking hands and the eye to eye and the face to face and, and, and having a, you know, a cold one and, and talking about business and, and you, you got to also remember the vast majority of the people that you're interacting with are also geeks about the ag industry and, and, and beef industry. We're all a bunch of nerds and we all <laughs> like the same stuff. So it's not like you're going to a, a, an uncomfortable place with people that are um, maybe into something completely different and you're the third wheel. This should be a, a, an excellent environment for you to co-mingle um, with uh, uh, people that love cattle, love uh, the industry, love working somewhere in the industry, whether it's from the ranch to the procurement side to the feed yard side to superior livestock or Western video or something like that, or on the packing side, you know, I mean, do where, where, where is the, where, where's their space and how is your space somewhat connected to their space and how can it be? And so, yeah, I, I think that's the, that's the fun stuff. That's the good stuff. Um, uh, and then, you know, next thing you know, it's three years later and you're seeing that person every year and, and, one beer turns into, you know how that goes, because <clears throat> we've all been there. So, <laughs> so never. Yeah, never. Yeah, one turns into two, and if two's good, then well, you know, more must be better. So it's it's just one of those uh, uh, events that that you that you then start looking forward to. So I think you gotta you gotta take the saran wrap off, break the seal, and and get yourself out there and go to NCBA and. Uh, BIF, and I know the COVID deals really slowed some of that down. And I agree with you. There's, you're never going to replace the face to face. I do business with lots of people all over this country, and it's uh, 95% of it started with multiple face to face interactions. And at some point, we started doing business. And now, yeah, we can do business over a text message in a lot of cases, or a simple phone call or an email. But the face to face can can generally never be replaced. I think what what the Rona has done is it slowed some of that down the face to face. And I I think our industry is kind of, I think a lot of us are sitting back and I still travel a lot because I have to, 
Mm-hmm. Um, but those of my friends that have been restricted on some of the travel, and I res- I understand that they just they they're not allowed to, um, and that's just the way things are right now. I think they have either had new colleagues come on, or they've got some other barriers to building relationships at least new relationships that I can really appreciate the fact that uh, they're going through that because you can stand back and see it. Um, And some other ones that I've maybe um, personally been involved in here the last four or five months where you you got some new guys or gals that have been hired and you'd really like to build some synergy with them Mm -hmm. and get to know them. But you know, that can't happen until you have that face to face. You can hang out, you can go, um, maybe go have uh, uh, dinner together, uh, spend a few hours together, uh, do these things where you're, you're, you're building rapport. We've missed that. I think every industry is missing it. Ours particularly because, it, you know, we've been slowed down to a crawl like all the other ones, but it, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a big industry, but it's not, you know what I'm saying? And there's, there's a lot of people, but then there's not, if you know one, then, you know, 10 other people that know that one person. So it's, it's degrees of separation maybe aren't as big as perhaps other industries. And so when it slows you down and you can't get out, you can't mingle and, and enter and kind of mix it up with others, then it does slow down some of that relationship building and the networking process. And that's been, I, I, I think that's the one thing COVID's really done to slow that stuff down. Um, I think there are some jobs and some positions that can be mobile and you could zoom but, uh, you know, maybe the, maybe the brick and mortar side of it's, um, not as valuable as it used to be, but the people side of it will always be that way. And I'm a hundred percent agreeing with you on that one. You can't replace that. You just can't, yep. you just can't. So Jared, uh, I know you mentioned and shared with us here at the start that, uh, you're going to be starting a new job here, uh, this next coming work week, uh, with, with ABS, uh, what is that going to look like? What, what are you excited about with it, with this new venture? Man, I tell you, it's, I'm, I'm starting to get pretty geeked up, dude. I just, I, I, I have, I've tried to like take my mind off of stuff and just focus on, uh, family and farm. And I have for the most part, I even forgot what day of the week it was the other day. My sister-in-law, I went in to pick something up at the feed store and she's like, I told you it'd be here Thursday. And I'm like, well, what day is it? She's like, it's Wednesday. And uh, so I, I also got a look, you know, the look I'm talking about. I mean, when you get it, you know, it. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> so, but anyways, well, I'm, I'm pretty geeked up. I'm, I'm heading up to, to the forest uh, Madison area. Um, the first of the week to, to start my onboarding process there with, with ABS. Um, I'll be the business development manager for uh, their new era program covering North America. Uh, so that is their, their, terminal commercial nucleus genetic program uh, it's pretty exciting um <clears throat> i'm not gonna lie it's gonna it's uh it, it's i'm really really looking forward to working within uh, the team i know quite a bit of um that team that's in place already um on both uh, kind of both sides of the beef and dairy side um and and, and looking forward to the challenge uh, it's going to be a lot of the same stuff I've been doing, a lot of uh, supply chain focused, uh, you know, systems approaches to to production. And let's let's 
let's make this uh, this beef production thing highly successful, but also it doesn't have to be super complicated. So let's just let's just make really good ones, be as profitable as we can be, and and have some fun along the way because it's it's still a lifestyle we love doing. Um, and, and and honestly, a lot of what I was doing at Top Dollar will transfer over. Uh, still be working very heavily in all segments, uh, and like I say, the spaces between spaces from the ranch all the way to the packer doing my best uh, to help connect, uh, you know, known genetic quantities to, to the, to the segment, to segment kind of working in between those silos and, um, you know, helping the ranch try to be successful, helping the uh, procurement side of it, the feed yard side of it, the fed cattle buyers, you know, we, we we're all in the beef business. We're all in the business of feeding people and we're hoping to, add that uh, that additional layer of precision and and take some of the friction out of uh, the flow of cattle uh, from the ranch all the way to the consumer and that doesn't mean skipping steps that just means making it easier um, and I think that's when I say you know take friction out we just want to we want to be better at helping each segment be better at what they do um, so it's uh, it's more of what I've always talked about helping people and I think that's it's all service based and um, that's, uh, that's, that's in a nutshell, that's, uh, that's kind of what I'm looking forward to getting into and, and, and working, uh, within that team. Cause that's a great one. It's, a uh, you know, from a beef standpoint, they're, they're a leader in the industry globally. And, uh, I think that turns my crank quite a bit being able to, to work within that team and, and, and do my part. So. A question that I try to remember to ask all of our guests is obviously the, the name of the podcast is the cattleman's call. What what is your cattleman's call when you're trying to chum your cows in? Are you are you seriously going to make me like yeah like make a noise? It's in the fine print <laughs> of that contract you signed. <laughs> oh man! Well, I, I I've been training the the girls to do it, so it's it's more of a so uh, you know can I can I can I talk you through it or do I actually have to? Are you going to make seriously make me do it? Yeah, I, uh, you can you can talk us through it, but then you have to do it. <laughs> Because somebody might be thinking here, this guy, this guy might not be for real if he's oh, not going to share how he gets those cows in. This is it. Your question, my 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 genuineness, my authenticity yep. is in question here. Oh snap! Well, I guess I better do it. Well, it's we 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 say come on, and so we'll we'll holler at it and say come on, come on, and kind of do that. Did that is that okay? Is that can I get it? Can I get by with that? Is yeah, that, I guess. That, yeah, I, I'm assuming you might cuss a little bit, so that's why you're kind of hesitant to not. No, I'm giving no, you. I've given you grief. Trying to move them. That, <laughs> no, no, I can make no promises that that oh, doesn't no. happen around the shoot. But we've got a hydraulic at one location, and it, it's loud enough that that usually gets drowned out. But, <laughs> but uh, you even made me wake my dogs up. They're out here napping in the sun, and uh, I don't know why. I got my kids had this little rat dog that. Uh, that got dumped on us and he's a Heinz 57 and he sleeps in our fire pit <laughs> and I don't get it, but it must be, it must be just the right layer level of comfort to lay in a bed of ash. <laughs> but, uh, normally I can't get him to stir for nothing, but, uh, he was, he was curious about uh, my cow calling there. So, well, <laughs> I'll accept your, come on now that, 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 that works. <laughs> yeah. Jared, I, I, I know I, I don't want to keep you too much longer, but just anything else that you would like to share with, with, with the men and women tuning in today, uh, learning more about you, just, just any, any bit of information or just, just anything you'd like to share with them. 
boy, <clears throat> love what you do and make plenty of friends along the way. Cause I tell you the one thing I cherish most in addition to my, I mean, obviously, you know, my family, uh, but my, my friends, uh, I tell you, I, I, I'm lucky and I'm fortunate that I work in the industry that I love and I'm lucky and I'm fortunate that I do get to travel. Um, and so I get to see a lot of them all over the country and, uh, that, that right there, or the, that's, that's kind of the good stuff. You know what Kenny Chesney was talking about? That's the good stuff. And, uh, I, I, I cherish those relationships and I not always as good at, at, staying in touch as much as I should. I mean, I am, but there's just, there's so many people I love talking to that. I wish I was better at that, that, you know, I spend most of my stinking day on the phone anyways. So I need to get better at, at, at maybe staying more connected to those. Cause I, I mean, I, I just, I, I love the people that I work with and my friends and, and uh, that's that, it, that right there is the good stuff. You know, having all those other people in the industry that, or you know whether they're your age, a little bit older, a little bit younger, y'all do the same thing. You're all going to have something in common. And, you know, hey, I've got this problem. What do you think? You know, what would you do? Or, hey, I'm, I'm using this bull. And, or, hey, I know you use that. Uh, what do you think of it? And uh, I, you know, it, it's uh, that, that right there is worth uh, its weight in gold. So get out there and make some relationships uh, and then learn, learn who you are. And hopefully – you know, through a process of, we're going to call it like a, a non-physical osmosis. You uh, you learn from them. You know, watch others and uh, and and you know, take cues. Learn how to be a better version of yourself. I think that's important. So, well, again, Jared Wareham, thank you so much for being a guest with us here today. And uh, we discussed the Young Cattlemen's Conference. More information on YCC can be found at ncba.org. Again, COVID uh, uh, did not let that event happen this year, but I know folks will be ready to go here in uh, in 2021. Uh, also, the King Ranch Institute for Ranch Management. More information on the master's degree along with the Excellence in Ag Leadership Program can be found online at krirm.edu. Some great resources there. And uh, Jared, good luck as you uh, begin your new venture uh, uh, with your with your job with ABS next week. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate that very much, and, and uh, I'm glad you had me on. This was a real honor to uh, to be asked to do this. Uh, but when they sent the email, they they said that Barb thought you'd be good and of course that was my soft spot i'd do anything for barb so <laughs> i was like of course i was like anything for barb but I, I i i am gonna be honest with you you did make me do the cow call so that means first round in nashville's on you brother i'll i'll try to remember that but uh, well you know me I'll, you'll probably find me at the free the free bar first so maybe that's no. probably don't backpedal. Don't backpedal. No, nope. we'll have we'll have the old uh, American Express ready to get some airline points there for you. <laughs> All right, man. I appreciate it. All right. Again, Jared Wareham, thank you so much for joining us. And for our friends out there listening, thanks for joining us. And also, if you would like to suggest someone for us to interview or a topic you would like to learn more about, just drop us a note at uh, the Cattleman's Call tab on ncba.org. That will do it for today. I'm Lane Northland. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for tuning in to NCBA's Cattleman's Call podcast with Lane Nordland. 
For more information, visit ncba.org and make sure to subscribe to the podcast today.